0: Welcome to the Back Row Dolphin Show. It is me, your host, it is Bark, and this is the inaugural episode of the Back Row Dolphin Show. If you have not tuned in before, I am the host of the Back Row Fantasy Show, a fantasy football podcast with three in-house hosts that is, in my opinion, professionally produced and very entertaining. So, That being said, I am a massive Miami Dolphins fan. I have been since I was a young boy. I was about eight years old, I believe. And I am from Ohio, full of a family, uh, with a family, full of Cincinnati Bengals fans. And when I was eight years old, I was with my family watching a football game. It was the Dolphins versus the Bengals. And my family, they were all writhing in pain. From a pass thrown by a Miami Dolphins quarterback named Dan Marino, and I was jumping for joy when asked why. I thought, Why do you like the orange team when the white and and uh, aqua team? I didn't say aqua. I probably just said when the white team. When the white team uh, looks so much better. So Dan Marino caught me. With one of his passes as a young boy, I was super excited from then on to watch every single play that that Miami Dolphins team performed on the field. So there we go. A little bit of background about how a young kid from Ohio becomes a Dolphins fan. It is all thanks to Dan Marino. Dan, thank you. Okay, so in this inaugural episode of the Back Row Dolphins Show, I just want to touch on a few notes as far as combine and free agency goes i i wanted to start this podcast earlier a little earlier in the offseason but we're not too deep into it so let's talk just a little bit about this miami dolphins team and first and foremost what the plan is we don't know the plan we have no idea what miami's planning on doing of course there was tank for Tua all season in 2019 even i was a little skeptic i'm like one this new coach Brian Flores this guy's not going to tank they have a ton of money in 2020 to spend on free agency they have the most salary cap space in the league at 88 million and you know that Miami to get a good team rolling out on the field every Sunday players are going to have to want to play for this Miami Dolphins team now if they tank all of 2019 players are not going to be intrigued to come to Miami. So what happens? Miami does not tank. Miami puts a competitive football team out on the field. Maybe not the first half of the season so much, but over the second half of the season, they really found a way to field a competitive team. And they got some wins that they technically should not have been able to get with that roster on paper, And lo and behold, in 2020, there are players that want to go play for Coach Flores and turn this Miami Dolphins team into a contender. I mean, what's not to love? Warm weather, lots of money on the table, a new head coach that looks like uh, he is the guy for Miami. It's a situation that could be very fruitful as soon as 2020. We have a A few positions that are mostly solidified, wide receiver, tight end. The weapons are solid. We just need to add a couple complementary pieces and maybe a guy in the draft that can become more. It's a very deep wide receiver class. There are tons of guys that could outperform where they get drafted because this class is magical. Miami has done the right thing in saving their money and hold and acquiring tons of draft picks because this is the class to spend them on. We could get a wide receiver in round three or four that could produce like a first or second round wide receiver. It's a no uh, lose situation as far as this draft class goes. So, that being said, let's talk about what is first on the docket. Everyone expects Miami to take a quarterback at five or move up and take a quarterback. I'm not 100% sold on this theory. There's so many positions that need addressed. Offensive line, without an offensive line, having a rookie quarterback is a terrible idea. Obviously, Ryan Fitzpatrick should play most of 2020, and if we put him behind a good offensive line, we could be even more competitive in what looks to be a weaker AFC East than what it was in 2019. Yes, the Bills are still pretty good, but New England's got some uh, growing pains to go through if Tom Brady hits the open market. The Jets have plenty of positions that need to be addressed. Uh, Offensive line for them being one of them. Sam Darnold could be pretty good if he has a line. So we're kind of on an even playing field, sort of. A more even playing field than normal in the AFC East. I'm not convinced Miami's going to move up and take a quarterback. I'm not convinced that Tua is their guy. There's a lot of media outlets saying... Washington might take Tua. What Miami has to do to stop this from happening? Nothing. Miami has to do nothing to stop this from happening because Tua honestly has injury concerns. He's a great quarterback. I would by no means take anything away from him there, but we need a big, strong, Ironman workhorse of a quarterback, a Justin Herbert. Uh, Jordan Love has looked healthy in limited run, but Burrow, if we could go up and get Burrow, I would be okay with that as well. But listen, to overpay for a quarterback who's had multiple ankle surgeries, uh he's got the hip injury. It's just a little bit terrifying to invest a ton of draft capital that we worked pretty hard to get for Tua Tagovailoa to possibly be hurt often in the NFL. What we want is somebody who can play at a high level but play consistently at least 15 or 16 games a season, if not 17 if the CBA gets done, whatever. So anyways, Tua at number two to Washington. I'm not buying it. It's a smokescreen, but I do think Tua gets selected before Miami at five. If we're able to sit tight and get Tua at five, okay, I'm okay with that. But with guys like Teddy Bridgewater and Jameis Winston out there in free agency, no, I'm not saying I definitely want these guys, but Bridgewater could be a nice cheap option If we prefer to build the O-line and the defense, first and foremost, make the team competitive. Maybe you don't need your franchise signal caller before the rest of your team is not solidified. There's so many positions that need help on this team. Linebacker, edge rusher, we need another corner. We need safeties. We need offensive linemen all across the board. So what would be the harm in getting that solidified and having a guy like Bridgewater sitting behind Ryan Fitzpatrick and maybe being a a stopgap after Fitzpatrick is the stopgap. I understand quarterback is what it's all about, but if we have a good team and then we're able to add that franchise signal caller, we could jump out to be a great team in a hurry. Anyways, moving on, if we don't go for Bridgewater or Winston, I would not mind watching us move back in the draft for Jordan Love Or staying put for Jordan Love. There could be a heck of a run on quarterbacks. Uh, Justin Herbert, someone could jump up. I mean, Chase Young and Akuda. some of these guys that are projected to go in the top 10 could go in the back half of the first top 10 because everyone seems to be plotting a move to move up and grab their quarterback. I would not be surprised if Herbert goes in the top five after his showing at the Combine and the Senior Bowl. We could literally have Burrow, Tua, and Herbert off the board in the first four picks before it gets to Miami. And in that instance, I am not opposed to Jordan Love whatsoever. I'm also not opposed to Tristan Wirfs at five, uh, the second and third first rounder spent on the defense or offensive line again, and taking a shot on a Jalen Hurts with our second second rounder and then in the third or fourth, turning around and, and investing another pick in a quarterback like maybe James Morgan. Go the Washington Redskins route when they did uh, RG3 and Cousins. Granted, RG3, I believe, was a first-round pick. But we could invest a second and a third in a quarterback if we solidify some positions in the first round. We got three picks. It doesn't. We don't have to mortgage that future for just a quarterback. Okay, moving on. We do also need a running back in a bad way, but again, without an offensive line, the running back's going to go nowhere. So some free agents that are intriguing, we have $88 million, yet again, most in the league. We could spend that on a running back like Melvin Gordon or Derrick Henry. These guys, yes, they'll be costly, but they're not going to be as costly as some of the big name free agent quarterbacks or defensive players. Running backs, Can be had cheaper. So, why invest high draft capital when you could go out, grab a Gordon or a Henry, spend some of that free agent money, turn around and grab a guy like Zach Moss or the kid from Appalachian State? The name's escaping me right now. Maybe Cam Akers if he does indeed go in round two. I know some folks have had him going in round one, but if Cam Akers is there with the second, second round pick, maybe we invest in Cam Akers. Uh, to pair with melvin gordon or derrick henry it'll be really nice to have more than one good back whereas right now we have none okay moving on wide receiver tight end. that position's pretty solid with Devonte parker and if preston williams can come around and stay healthy so maybe kick the tires and free agency on a brashard perryman um plenty of guys to draft as well like i said earlier but we have the money and the draft capital to be smart about this. If we don't trade it all away, don't trade away draft capital. Don't spend all your money on a Yannick and Goku or a big name, linebacker. Although I would not be opposed to Blake Martinez coming in. Don't spend it all in one place. Make smart decisions draft accordingly. And this team could be very competitive in 2020 like I said, Blake Martinez, I would be okay spending on him. Joe Shobert as well. And I've got some names on the rest of the defense that could be very intriguing with high upside that Miami could get. Sort of at a bargain price except for one of these guys. James Bradbury, Brashard Breland. They should not cost an absolute metric ton. But we could see them grow. They're both young enough to where they could grow with this new Miami Dolphins team and become better than they were before they hit free agency. I'm not opposed to signing guys like that. Uh, Chris Harris Jr., another name to keep an eye on. Guys with room to grow a little bit. And at safety, Carl Joseph. I think Carl Joseph is a high upside spend if we're going to go out, spend some of that money on the defense. Carl Joseph didn't have a stellar career with Oakland, but he improved. He did improve before becoming a free agent in 2020. There is some injury history there, but he should come fairly cheap. That would be a great buy for Miami, in my opinion. Ha ha Clinton Dix as well. We kind of know what he is by now, but he's a solid but unspectacular NFL safety. Justin Simmons is a guy that I love, that I am willing to see Miami spend the money on. Again, this draft is deep, but there's not standouts at the safety and corner position where Miami is picking in the first two rounds, in my opinion. So we may have to sink some of that money into defense, use the picks for offensive line, maybe running back. Uh, Obviously, we want to get some type of quarterback out of this draft, if not two, but smart free agent acquisitions are going to be the key to this Miami Dolphins team taking a step forward in 2020, and again, drafting accordingly. So we will dive deeper into the combine, the draft, and free agency in the coming weeks. We're only a couple weeks from free agency, so that's exciting. But I just wanted to touch on some things Miami Dolphins before we get going full-blown into this podcast. Thanks for listening to the inaugural first episode of the Back Row Dolphins Show. Look forward to talking more Dolphins, interacting. I will have a Twitter up soon that will get posted in the show notes thanks for joining look forward to more episodes here we go